Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. There's a word that's been going around lately that resonates with a lot of us. Sometimes we might not be 100% sure what it is or how to deal with it, but it definitely is impactful for your entire life. And it could have been something that took place long ago, and you're still dealing with the after effects of it. I'm talking about trauma. He is somebody who helps people work through that as a life coach, content architect, and he can help you through all different types of trauma, including bullying, PTSD, and so much more. We're going to talk once again with Ja Harvman today. Ja, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, Yeah, just this whole thing, trauma. When I first heard this a number of years ago, I had the thought that, oh, trauma is like a major thing, like uh, fire in your life, car accident, passing of a loved one, which absolutely it can be that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be to that magnitude to control your life and kind of be that monkey on your back, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of have an analogy to help to explain the client. I kind of refer to his trauma as the thinking of your, like, spirit as your emotional body, right? And everything you experience pretty much adds to that body. You know how they say music feeds your soul or acts of love feeds your soul. Sure. Well, so can painful experiences. They can attack your, you know, what you identify as a soul or spirit. And... Uh, it leaves that lasting impact, that pain that that just can't seem to be get. You can't get rid of it in your mind, right? Um, and that's a perfectly normal response. You know, your body has evolved like throughout history to respond to threats, right? And if there's a threat that leaves you majorly damaged, then well, your body is designed to mow over it over and over and over until you find a solution. The problem with our modern society is it demands that we kind of just let go of our painful experience. Oh, that's life. It is what it is, right? And so these people, they never reflect over, like, solutions to the problem. They never reflect over what else to do. So they kind of just exist with trauma, right? These people, they have never integrated into, like, their being to defend themselves. Like, you know, most people, you know, they say, you're bullied, you're scared, you don't know what to do, what if he attacks me again? You know, some parents are just like, fight back or we'll handle it or, you know, we resolve the conflict. But sometimes it just doesn't end. And that's what creates the trauma. The experiences just keep piling up, piling up until it attacks your core beliefs about yourself. Right? That's why um, a lot of people who, kids who are playing to martial arts learning how to defend themselves, you know, once they defeat their bully in, like, combat or some type of fight, suddenly that trauma is gone. It's erased, right? Their beliefs about themselves change, right? So that is, um, that's the uh, emotional aspect of it. And people have a lot of different responses to, like, fixing trauma, but the most common responses that we see in our culture are, like, revenge, acceptance and forgiveness. You know, revenge, eye for an eye, hammer rub its code, you know, you take out my eye, take out yours, right? Uh, acceptance, relatively new modern concept, is more of just like accepting that it happened to you, 
not ascribing any type of blame or fault to yourself or anything, but just accepting that it happened and that you should just find a solution to it to 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 protect yourself. And then forgiveness, just, you know, absolving the other party of no, like, any type of, like, I won't say responsibility, but that's typically how it's used nowadays, of any, like, guilt or just, like, moving on from the painful experience, saying that, you know, what you did, you hurt me a lot, but I forgive you. I just, you know, like, I am going to show you love anyway, essentially in that type of, that type of way. Well, I just want to, there's a lot of things got to drill into here. Uh, I'm going to start with where you, where we are right now in terms of forgiveness. Is it your belief that things do improve greatly in our lives when we we finally forgive somebody? Not condone what they did, but forgive them? Um, that's the thing, actually. Um, I used to believe in forgiveness, but I know I. I prefer to think that acceptance is the best route to recovery. I've learned that the only person that you ever do need to forgive is yourself in these situations because these um, a lot of people once they release these negative uh, thought they have these negative thoughts. The site tells them, "Oh, you're weak," blah blah blah, this and that. And then they internalize that negative self talk, like, "Why am I so weak? Why am I so fat? Why am I so this, 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 that?" you start to hate yourself, and which is a terrible thing because yourself is the only thing you really have in this world permanently, right? You can't really control your outside environment. You can't control uh, what happens around you, but you can control your thoughts and actions, your boundaries, and that's, those are the two elements that comprise yourself, you know? Your inner self, the voice in your head that tries to protect you, you know, they say you're a guardian angel and you're that. It basically tries to make you, like, it tries to keep you safe so that you can live your best life and you can become the best version of it, right? And um, the forgiveness of yourself is really the only aspect of forgiveness that you ever need to do to heal, really. Uh, forgiveness of others, they say, like, forgive. there has been a lot of, like, a culture built around forgiveness and unfortunately it's really allowed people who take advantage of that idea to abuse it over and over and over and over and that can actually only add to the trauma right because then it you know forgiveness is supposed to be a solution and when it's not a solution then you know what's the point of even doing it right and um a lot of abusers have you know they try to earn forgiveness just to absolve themselves of any legal responsibility or any moral responsibility, and that is not the right way to do things. That really isn't, because now that abuser has been emboldened. They've embedded that toxic behavior pattern into themselves. The people who have forgiven him are in are tra- traumatized. They have no other out to heal. And because of this forgiveness culture, this abuse culture, it's kind of up to the effect of our world, right? You know, these um, people, these toxic benefactors, they've kind of just been allowed to do whatever they want. Uh, Our environments are worse. Our political landscape is worse than ever. And a large part of it is due to forgiveness culture. And I don't believe that we should be embracing forgiveness as something that's supposed to be common or you know, something that we should teach children. Forgiveness really should be 
um, it should be like a privilege, one of the highest privileges. So I'm I'm understanding what you say, and I'm on the fence. To be honest with you, I've heard forgiveness is important, impactful. I'm not so sure. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm also looking at what you're saying and thinking, hmm, you know, that does make a lot of sense too. How about I give you a scenario and you tell me how you feel it should be handled. So let's say you're in a relationship, somebody in the relationship does some unspeakable things, just not good. Let's say un, unfaithful in the relationship. Of course it takes two relationships aren't just one sided, but Let's say somebody did something and you're told to forgive them for doing that. But then on the other side, you are saying that we need to forgive ourselves. So in that situation, how are we forgiving ourselves? Are we forgiving ourselves for allowing that other person to hurt us? And, and by what by that, I mean allowing their, their energy to... To, to interfere with our energy. They did something, got to push it off to the side, forgive yourself for allowing them to uh, to get to you. Uh, how, how does that look to you in a, in a situation like that, just a purely hypothetical? Okay, in a hypothetical situation, you know, there's a relationship, there's some infidelity, someone steps outside the relationship to go, you know, explore their dark curiosity or whatever. Um, I would say, you know, when you hear the command, like, oh, you should, you know, you are told to forgive somebody. If forgiveness is a command, then it usually is never really, it never, it doesn't work out because forgiveness is all about the victim. It's all about choice. And if there's no choice to do it, then, well, you, there's no, there's no forgiveness, true forgiveness at least. And um, when to forgive oneself in that situation is to, because obviously these things, they kind of, you know, you know, they, um, there's signs, there's red flags. Sometimes we just ignore them because... Totally. Is, you know, there's a lot of things in the world, like maybe you have a job, stressful job, that requires all your attention. You have all these other things. They all take our energy, right? So you may have noticed red flags. You ignore them because you put your trust into that other person to respect the relationship. And now that they violated that trust... Now you think, you know, I'm a clown, I look like a fool, but no. That person chose to do what they do, right? They have control over their urges. They had control over every aspect of themselves, right? Because they they chose, they wanted to explore that curiosity. They didn't respect the relationship enough to not explore, like, with the other person, like, to give in to their temptations, they basically told themselves that their temptations are more important than the relationship, right? So you, you know, if you want to describe blame to them, you can do all that, you know, revenge. I don't judge anyone for doing any of that, right? Because that's just people's natural reactions. We are emotional creatures by nature, first and foremost. Our feelings compose our, compose our thoughts. They are the foundation. So when I say forgive yourself, I mean to... Because a lot of people, they blame themselves for what, for what other people do. You cannot control other people. You can never truly control other people. They have their own autonomy. They have their own ideas. That is the, no, you can't ever truly stop, to, stop them from doing what they're doing. 
So to forgive yourself is to recognize that, to say that I can only control myself. I should not blame myself for other people. Like, you know, like, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, well, maybe did I give them enough love? Did I do this? Did I do that? It all ultimately does not matter because you can only participate from your perspective. So, totally got it. Totally got it. So yeah. it's, it's really, and, and I, I love what you said there, seeing the signs, forgiving yourself for not acting on them, because you're right. Usually in the example that uh, we're talking about here is you usually know that uh, something's going on, but you ignore it because you want to see the good in somebody. Um, so yeah, now I, I totally gotcha in terms of uh, what we should forgive. Um, do you, final thought on move, you know, into other areas of trauma in a situation like that or something similar, should you, in your mind, wish them well? Just uh, I've often heard you need to release and just say, wish you love and light, all the best to you, and then just kind of close the door on that relationship? Um, that's the thing about it, right? Because it's always a choice of what you ever want to do. You know, if you, you know, some people, they want emotional revenge, and I don't judge them for doing that, but they have to also realize the consequences, like if you... You, you know, if you have a child with this person, uh, if you are connected to this person on your way, if you seek that revenge, you know, that person might get offended, they might escalate, right? They might escalate the situation. So, you know, in the smartest decision, not the right or wrong, but the smartest decision is usually just to wish them love and light, right? Because, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they, you know, they're going through something, that's what like, um, led to their temptations or whatever, and you will never truly understand it because you'll never be them, but it, you can't focus on, like, it's not your responsibility to focus on that. So wishing them love and light would just be the safest option. It keeps you safe. There's no, there's no reason for them to come after you if they do come after you, you know, in that type of sense. I, I love the fact, Ja, that you keep it real. Uh, you don't, you know, somebody wants to make a decision, want to get revenge. You're not telling them not to, you're basically saying that's your choice. Maybe it's not, <laughs> maybe it's not in your best interest, but if that's what you want to do, then, then, then do it. So be it. Um, when, when we talk about trauma, oftentimes people don't know what is guiding them that there is a trauma from their past. They just know what they're doing now. How do I identify that trauma? Um, well, yes. The thing about trauma is it can be hard to identify if you do not have the uh, senses to really understand how it impacted you. A lot of people, they have these behavioral tics, right? You know, a lot of people, like with CPTSD, they're just like, oh, I can't sleep, I can't do this or whatever, and they don't know. They don't consciously know what is happening to them. That's why they seek therapy, these psychologists or whatever. They just go. And, you know, once they they realize that, you know, it was something in their childhood memories, you know, maybe a parent abused them, a parent did this or that. Like, a lot of pe- people who have not said their par- parents, and you notice those people who can't talk, they, like, they either... In two manifestations, they overshare all the information about their personal life, you know, like on a need-to-know basis, or they're so extremely private they don't share anything at all. 
And I realize a lot of this is due to narcissistic parents who invade their children's privacy, right? They don't have any foundation, no idea of what privacy is because, you know, the parents are just like, oh, this is my house. You know, I saw a lot of kids grow up, like, there's no doors on their rooms because they, mm. their parents always want to know what they um, what they were doing. You know, mothers who read their di- their children's diaries or journals, my mother did that. Um, people who, oh, they're always in their child's business. More importantly, parents who then share this business with their personal friends, the game, like, you know, something to laugh about, or social status, or whatever. And that, so that just teaches a child, like, oh, I don't deserve privacy, or, you know, my privacy is not respected. And because of that, now, they they have this core belief that, you know, I don't deserve privacy. Mm-hmm. So whenever they have a thought in their head, they just immediately share it. Or, you know, the other side of the spectrum. Well, this is on my head. I'm keeping it in here so nobody can ever hear it and I won't ever be embarrassed. You know, there's two different people. The people who internalize that, like, you know, like I don't deserve privacy or I deserve privacy. You know, those two those two extremes at least the two different types of people and two different types of problems and manifestations. Well, that's a really good point, too, because you could have somebody in the same situation if we, if just for you know, argument's sake, same situation, but they will react differently because we all internalize things differently um, and deal with it in a different way. If we look at maybe our behavior now, and then we try to figure out why that's going on, how do we trace it back to a potential potential trauma? Well, that's. Um it all starts with the foundation of listening to your senses, right? The sensations lead to perceptions, perceptions lead to feelings, feelings lead to thoughts, right? And um, the really, it's just like your body is trying to tell you exactly what it's try- it wants to prepare for, right? You know, whenever, you know, like if you're being bullied, you see the bully, right? Your heart starts fluttering, fight or flight. Is he gonna hurt me? That 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 that. That, you know, like your heart beating, that tells you that you are scared. Like, oh, we we need to get prepared for combat. We can't just sit here and take it. We're gonna get hurt, right? So it all starts with those bodily sensations. Another thing, what you pay attention to, what triggers you, right? People also see like victims who were like um, victims of molestation, right? They hear um, have specific triggers of the event, like maybe. There was like a uh, ringing doorbell or whatever while they were being sexually assaulted by their by someone, and whenever they hear that ringing, they're reminded of the sexual assault, right? So, finding like understanding your senses and those external stimuli, those external triggers, that is the first. That's the first step, right? Mm. Noticing that awareness. What makes you feel like what? leaves an impact on you, I would say, because we don't get to the feelings yet, right? We're just focused on the senses. What in your environment impacts you the most? What leaves an impact on you? And then you get to the feelings, right? Do you want to hit it? Do you want to run away from it? Those are the feelings, right? Do you just wish it would go away? Those are all the feelings. The senses, you know, the perceptions and the feelings, and those are what leads to your thoughts, right? That they, like even like, your conscious thoughts, but your subconscious thoughts, right? The imme- 
immediate intuition that tries to protect you from danger, right? That is. And those, no, to, to, under, to truly understand, like, those traumas, right, you have to go back and just sit down and think about it, right? Once your body has all the senses, all the feelings, perceptions, it has a good idea of the situation, you have to think about it. Not not just really go through and relive the experience, but just to dissect. What is it about yourself that you want to improve, right? So you don't have to deal with that situation again, right? Some people, when they're bullied, they work out. Some people join martial arts. You know, they, what strategy can you use to protect yourself? Most of the question is, why did it happen to you? And if the question is, oh, over, if the answer to your question is because of something like a negative core belief, like I'm weak or because of this or that, it's usually the wrong answer. It's because, not because you're weak or that, it's because you were unprepared or you never encountered that situation or there's just the problem with somebody else. Somebody, that's somebody else. They just, they wanted to hurt you just because, you know, they were curious, they enjoyed it, blah, blah, blah. They were in pain themselves, right? You have to stop internalizing everything. You have to deal with what's already inside you. Do you find it's challenging to figure that out? Yeah. It's especially challenging in our modern society, right? Um, there's just too much to think about. And unfortunately, you know, think just the way our society is structured doesn't help it, right? Uh, you have to go to work 40 hours a week. Society tells you to have kids to and you are basically socially ostracized. If you don't have kids or don't get married, it's like, oh, don't you have a girlfriend yet? Oh, don't you have kids, right? That's all energy that just takes away, right? Mm. Because uh, suddenly now you have to deal with the problems of somebody else, right? Because, you know, once you have a wife and kids, they can't just they protect themselves. you got to feed them kids. you got to you know, show emotional support to your wife. She has her own problem. And then the fact that we have evolved, unfortunately, I say evolved, but it's kind of like degraded. We have devolved into a two-income family, so both parents are constantly busy, constantly tired. There's no time for intimacy. There's no time for child-rearing or anything. So, no. And then with the pandemic hit, now there was no, it's hard to say, childcare for those kids because public school essentially has devolved into a daycare uh, because that's just, that's just what it is, unfortunately. That's how it was treated. You know, when the mayor was told to shut down the schools, he said, who's going to watch the kids? We all know it. We all, you know, public school is basically just a daycare for impoverished families. Yep. And um, now with that, that pandemic showed us that, you know, that we have kind of let the environment degrade to the point where we just, you know, we no longer have any control of anything. And we just kind of have to deal with it, right? And how this relates back to the trauma is that those people who, you know, just acclimated to life where they could just go to school, at least have some escape a bad home, or even those who had um, a good home but had a bad school life, they could just stay with their parents. But now the pandemic, it forced everybody to be in the same house, in the same spaces, and it forced them to confront themselves in a way because you can't go, you can't, there's no, 
the ways that you typically cope with all these problems, you can no longer do. You can't go to the bar and have a drink. You can't go over to your family's house. You can't do any of that. You have to stay in your house, and you just have to confront every single problem that you are currently dealing with. And I think that is what's finally left, like, led to the mental health crisis, the breaking point. People, they just realized that, you know, at this point in their lives, they are stuck, they are lost, and their comfort, their convenience is gone. It is a challenge, and even more so when you're dealing with that, and you had trauma in your childhood, and maybe you don't even realize it, and that's how you're navigating your family now. Uh, lots of lots to unpack here. It, I I truly believe that trauma is the governing force for all of us. What what, how we react, how we move our lives forward, whether we're successful or not. I really think it goes back to trauma for the most part. Um, great talking with you, John. This is uh, stuff that people don't really dig into. Uh, so for that, I thank you. If somebody wants to to talk to you a little bit more, maybe use you to uh, to pilot their life forward in terms of uh, your coaching abilities on anything that we've talked about, how can they do that? How do they connect with you? They can reach me at jharman.com. That's J-H-A-R-V-M-A-N.com. Or they can reach me at jharman at gmail.com. That's J-H-A-R-V-M-A-N at gmail.com. Yeah, fantastic talking with you. And I, I appreciate your your fresh approach to all of this and, uh, and, and that you don't judge, you know, <laughs> you, you offer the recommendations and, and your thoughts, but you don't judge. Uh, and that's fantastic. Appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the podcast business news network. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text diploma to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. That's diploma to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. 